It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Okay, it froze for us as well. Um, oh, our internet's a bit on. unstable. Everyone, like, maybe disconnect from their phones if they yeah. haven't. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tolest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK and WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, please do hit that uh, that subscribe button while you're hanging around. I do three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith, today hanging out with the band Inhaler. That's Elijah Houston, Robert Keating, Josh Jenkinson, and Ryan McMahon. We're going to be talking about their sophomore album, Cuts and Bruises, and the nostalgia that runs uh, through its lyrics. Uh, we will uh, talk about the songwriting tricks of some of the greats, like Bob Dylan and the Beatles. There's a nod to David Bowie's fashion. And we'll try to figure out what's going to happen with all the leftover songs they wrote for this session. Uh, we'll also get the backstory on their fans making special hats for each gig and, uh, and, and, and really have some fun on, uh, on how we as fans really do like the, the imperfections uh, within songs, sometimes to the chagrin of the artists themselves. So let's talk cuts and bruises. It's Kyle Meredith with Inhaler. Hello. Uh, thanks. That's an introduction. That, that was very nice. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing here. And, um, and I know the bar was set high. I know lots of questions and, and, uh, you know, the, the word sophomore album has probably been thrown around so much at this point, but, but it is impressive and it's not an easy thing to do to follow what you guys had already put in play there. Um, a lot of my favorite albums are sophomore albums because it sort of has that back against the wall feeling to it. Absolutely. Is, is that sort of what you all had going into this? Because I don't even know when you had the time to make a record as much touring as you did. Yeah, it it was uh, it was definitely a struggle for us. But at the same time, like I think the reward outweighs any of like many frustrations you have making it. I mean, we say like we had, we only, we only had like a few weeks to write it or whatever, but we were blessed with like a decent amount of time, but that's only because we sacrificed our days off in order to do it. And um, so we'd come off tour and go straight into the studio. And it was, it was very much like a kind of hothouse environment, but it worked out for us. I mean, as they say, they're 24 hours in a day. That's true. So plenty of time <laughs> yeah. to get things done. Sometimes, 
27 hours in a day when you work in our studio. <laughs> Do you all feel like it needed to be anything? Like did this record again, you know, and and it's it's always unfair doing a comparison because it's just the next step, but but when you are introduced in such a way, did this record need to be something? Did it need to say something? Um, well, it needed to be better than the first. We we never really go into the studio with a master plan really of what the record be or um what it should be that kind of just unravels as the process goes on but um eventually as these songs were starting to come to fruition we were writing more and more the subject matter of friendship companionship um longing to get back to a certain place that all just became a lot more prevalent as time went on nowadays though like with writing new songs we start to have a bit more of a conversation about what something might potentially be before we actually go into a studio because we're we're terrible at knowing when to hit the brakes and just stop and leave something be so you know that's something we're working on a little bit it is interesting to hear you all talking about you know the looking back part on this record because when i hear it it's like it's you know so much of songwriting that's that's what you do you look back to whatever you're looking back to recently or far but there's almost this this look in a nostalgic way if that makes sense which is which is so interesting you know i mean you're early 20s or whatever and 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 that's usually when that nostalgia hits us for whatever reason that's when we like you can almost still smell childhood and you're already reaching for it yeah why why was that such a reoccurring theme on the record if you can verbalize it i have no idea i think i think i think it was from because we started playing when we were so young like there's a couple songs in the album that are about being in a band and like the experience of it and now you got me is like about that pact that you make right at the beginning of it all and that makes us feel nostalgic you know like we've, we've been playing for so many years like we've been we, some of us have been together for like 10 years you know uh, which is just wild to think about and um, I think that having that kind of be the the uh, talking point of some of the songs you're just inevitably going to go back there and look for it and try and conjure up some imagery and you know because it makes the songs feel a bit more personal you know um and yeah you're right that, nobody's really said that to us yet about this album but it definitely was there was a lot of like nostalgia in it even like a song like dublin and ecstasy um you know i guess you're meant to be looking forward on your second album but we definitely we, we were looking backward because we tour so much it always feels like we're playing catch up whether it's like in our own personal lives or yeah in the band so it's like we could do like six to eight months of touring and then when we go to write songs it's like pre-tour it's like back when we were home before because we just we've only done gigs and then i think when we got into the second album and we had got to tour the first album after like lockdown kind of ended then it was just all we could write about so we just wrote about being on the road and then if it wasn't that it was before and that's probably where the nostalgia comes from because it's like we didn't even really do much during lockdown when it came to being creative we tried our best like everyone but just watch a lot of seinfeld that's what ends up happening during a pandemic now i know now i know the person i am during a pandemic anyway and so <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it it almost it even feels like a marker in the sand and and you know i won't go too much further into that but but you know it's it there is that dividing line it does feel like because it's not looking back it, to me as a listener i should say it's it doesn't feel like it's 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 looking back as to something that you were just doing. It almost feels like 
that was us then, but it's not yeah. us now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're exactly right about that. I think um, we don't want to like, we still want to be moving forward as human beings and as friends and stuff and find the next step. But I think, you know, you sometimes you have to consult your past in order to figure out your future, you know, something stupid like that. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we're still trying to find that kind of body of work where we're kind of like, okay, this is like a new thing that we're all going to jump into and kind of it's going to change the band a bit. I think it's kind of important for us to not rush into like trying to do some big grandiose like concepty thing and just do what feels natural, which has just been like the kind of formula we've had for the last two records. Works well. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it yet yeah. anyway. So, and we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky in the Midwest and allergies yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Inhaler. And the way the, the album starts, I mean, just to keep you satisfied is such a cool song. I started thinking, you know, that, that the bridge, the breakdown in that, that riff, I feel like could have been its own song entirely. <laughs> Do you yeah. all get those moments? Like, oh my God, this is so good. It's only going to be here though. Breaking that song, it always reminds me of um, Fashion with David Bowie. It's got that, I don't know, 
sort of like brooding 80s lick to it um though i'm quite happy you mentioned that actually that's really nice <laughs> um to answer your question i think we actually love breaks and we love middle eights and we love intros we love outros so i think we often do them a lot easier than we do the rest of the song so we we kind of we've got like the amount of songs we have where it's like a, a just to keep you satisfied situation where like we have like an amazing break but we just don't have any other bits I think it's the other bits that we when we get them we're, we're all pretty pleased with it we're satisfied it was like the tune was already there so then we kind of doing stuff like the break was like the fun part where we just kind of basically just messed around yeah I, i'm reminded um you know you brought a bowie usually i'm i'm flanked with bowie posters all behind me i'm in a different location today but but i also think of like um um neil young uh cinnamon girl at oh, the wow, end wow. of it at the end of it, he goes into this whole different riff. Dun, 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 and, and I keep thinking every, you know, that song's been around for 50 years. And I'm thinking for 50 years, he's never taken that riff and made a whole song of it. And it was a throwaway, you know, jam at the end for a, 10 seconds. It's that, that would drive me crazy as a musician. That's all. That guy's a machine. I, I remember reading something where like Bob Dylan kind of said, like, you know, I have all these ideas for songs and if they don't turn into songs quickly, I kind of just let those songs go. And like, I don't even archive them. I just like, just like just destroy them in my head and just never go back there. And I'm sure that can't be true. <laughs> you know, like, if you have an amazing part for something, it's going to come up. Like I think Paul McCartney said he does that all the time. Um, it might but, take years, but it will yeah. eventually have its time. Like he, he said recently that, um, the reason he thinks one of the reasons the Beatles songs were so catchy and so good was that um they didn't have phones and they couldn't record every little bit that they were doing. So they'd write a song and then the next they'd write down what they could and they'd remember what they could and the next day they'd come in and be like, Oh, what was that bit? And they'd just sing a very like simplified version of it and it would be very catchy and like you know you only remember the great bits. You don't remember like average stuff. So, uh, to answer your question, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to have a lot of trust in yourself, in the universe, whatever, that, you know, that that's, that's going to come because it, it also feels like that's probably like some kind of type A, type B person, you know, like I can just let go, it'll be there. Yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. the person that's like every little thing's got to be documented. I might be that one instead. I might be, I don't know that I would have th that complete faith. I think we might yeah. be type C. <laughs> was that is that just the combination of the two uh, not knowing what we're doing yeah no that's i mean you know you mentioned dublin ecstasy and that's that's a great example because that's that is something that was in the past in one form and sort of pulled into it and 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 that's another i think high mark of of this album because of the mood you know there is a, a contrast with that song as to where most of the rest of the album kind of sits and plays around with. Yeah, it's it's it feel maybe we we were going for more uh you know optimistic melody lines a couple of years ago. Uh when we were wide-eyed teenage we still are pretty wide-eyed, but pushing on pushing on, yeah, we're pushing on about twenty four what what age are we now? Twenty three, twenty two? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, feeling old. We act, man. we act like forty-year-old men. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah. inspiring to watch. <laughs> yes. Honestly, but on stage we're good. It's just everything else. Yeah, we put all of our efforts into the gig. Yeah, 
not a bad place to put it. And the album. Uh, you know, don't don't sell yes. yourself short yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we feel like a 40 year old man. It's because we've done that already. Yeah. You know, that's uh, you know, a, a song like that though, it does make me wonder because you know, you think about bands with the vaults. Like these days we don't have B sides like you know, bands used to have. And I so miss B-sides. Usually those were the songs that, you know, a lot of time they just didn't make the album or they weren't, for, weren't fully formed, but they end up being something special for the fans, you know. You know, for you all, for these sessions, I mean, are there other, like Dublin and XC would have been a cast off. It didn't work for the first record. It came back later. I mean, how many other songs do you all have that have that potential? I think we wrote like something like 40 different pieces of music um, for this record and I don't know how many roughly were like fully fledged songs, but I don't know. They could uh, come back up again in the future. I mean, the other day in a sound check, we were playing old songs that we hadn't played since we were like 17 or 18. And there was some that were very, there was a very obvious reason why we haven't done them in so long. And others where we kind of just like, oh, there's something still quite good in that, you know? So it's exactly like what we were saying earlier about just like, some ideas if they're good enough they can take years to come back and have their time it might not just be right yeah. there and then sometimes you just don't have whatever it is that you need to complete it like the knowledge of you know we have so much more knowledge of music these days and knowledge of like how to be in a studio and how to like finish a song i think back then it was just kind of like oh yeah it'll it'll write itself you know what i mean eventually somewhere down the line if we keep playing it enough um but yeah, I think we know a lot more now. So our producer and um, who did the first record as well, he always uses the analogy that if a part is good enough or if a song is good enough and it will have enough legs to speak for itself, it will always just go, put me in coach. You know, it will it'll, it'll become apparent like as time goes on, which is the obvious um, one to put in for the for the team. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Inhaler. There's also the fan perspective. And I'll hit on that one again. It's an easy uh, example with Dublin and Ecstasy. I mean, you all had said the fans took to that one earlier than even you all did. And it's interesting, like the songs that you don't think are finished, you know, we are still happy with a lot of the time. And you probably have songs like that with your favorite bands as well. You know, it's like, oh, that one wasn't a great song, or we didn't. And you hear the demo version, you're like, oh my god, that was great. What were you thinking? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I think it is often those um, kind of, I guess, imperfections that people like. But yeah, for us, they just don't sound good. Mm. So it's like, and that's just, I think that's a normal part of being an artist is like, not, I guess, not settling. And yeah, we don't want to just like churn songs out because fans, like fans like them, and we don't because. I just feel like that could could get slippery to the point where we're making stuff that we don't want to make. Yeah. But we did believe in that song. We knew the fans were right. We just didn't know how to portray it for a while. And it went through yes. some changes. They they pointed us in the right direction of the version of the song because we all love the song. Yeah. It was just we, we had done a version of it in the studio that we just kind of all were like, oh, maybe this just is, is shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the fans were like, no, it's not. It's this, but it's this version we love. Yeah, and so we went. We did it. a number on it. Thank good. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been thrown down well live. Like it was definitely the right call. So we're really happy about that. Mm. 
Well, speaking of live, I'm excited. I'll get to see you guys. It's not for a while. You're going to be, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky here. You'll be here in September for Bourbon and Beyond. Same day as The Killers and Duran Duran and Brittany Howard and Gaslight Anthem. It's a good day to be down here. So, yeah, I'm what excited. It's got the best poster of the summer as well. I love the poster for that festival. It's a great yeah. festival too. How long do you guys spend dressing up hats for each market every day? Because I feel like that's got to take a lot of time. <laughs> We we don't even make them like uh, the fans just bring them to the gigs. I don't even know where it started. It started just like, throw them on stage. They just throw them on stage. It's become like a thing now that they just do. But and, it's only in the US. Yeah, no, they do it in the UK a little bit as well. Yeah, and um, it's very. It, we love it. I, don't know, I mean, I think, we think we just thought it was an American thing, but it seems like it's just at our shows. Yeah, I think it started in America and then on the last tour. And then by the end, we had like a thousand cowboy hats on the bus. Our tour manager, Gary, was just like, lads, what the what the fuck? Like, what are we going to do with all these hats? So we just gave them to fan, back to fans and try not to give the same hat to the same fans. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, and stuff like that. So. Uh, but it's it's great to see that like there's a community like even seeing the people line up outside the gigs like they'll line up from like 12 the night before and like all sleep on the curb and like talk to each other about music and whatever and it's it's like we're like you're absolutely nuts for doing that but um it's, it's great to lovely. see that you, yeah it's lovely like it's a, there's a community there that's always beautiful if you can cultivate that as a band my son my son's 15 and he's just starting to come into his own on live shows and everything. And, and he, he said, I don't understand why people follow a band for multiple shows. It didn't occur to him yet. And I had done that when I was younger. Uh, really? Like, uh, yeah. Like late nineties, early two thousands. Like I went on two or three years of just a string of Pearl Jam shows. You know, yeah. that, I, I, I caught onto that one. And, and it was, it was as much about the music as it was the community that you fall into because it's that like-minded thing. And it's, that's such a fun experience to be a part of. Like, I'm so happy that I, I had that moment in my life so I can, I can completely relate to them. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. It's, it is just like, it's what we have, but the fans have the same thing. Cause we just have a relationship with each other through music, which is like stronger almost than other friendships that, because we have that in common. And I guess our fans have the same thing is that they all have gone to shows and they go to each venue and meet each other and stuff. So, yeah. For a good reason. Again, I'll say it. Cuts and Bruises is so damn good. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm so happy we got to talk about it today. I, I can't wait to see you guys down the road. Awesome. Thanks very much, Kyle. Thank I appreciate it, Kyle. Take it easy. And my thanks to Inhaler. The new album is called Cuts and Bruises. It's out now. Thanks to you for hanging out and checking out the episode. I do hope you hit that subscribe button while you're uh, while you're still here. You get three new interviews sent to you every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep up to date with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show starting 6 p.m. every weekday, Monday through Friday. It's uh, song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. We, we might potentially have to change room, lads, and like go upstairs. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.